Access more. Hey there, I'm Christine, and I'm so excited to welcome you to the Equip and Empower podcast. Now, my prayer is that our time together each week encourages you, awakens you to the purposes of God in your life, and activates you to follow Jesus wholeheartedly as you live on mission for Him. I am so glad that you have joined me today. We are talking about what it means to truly understand biblical success. Joshua chapter one, where the Lord starts off and He says to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. The old has finished. It's a brand new day. And He says, Joshua, I'm sending you in to possess the promised land and to take the Israelites into the promised land with you. And He says, you know what, Joshua, what you're gonna have to do is you're gonna have to make sure that you meditate on this word day and night, that you are going to have to make sure that you apply this word, you obey what this word says in your life. And then the Lord very powerfully right there says, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. I mean, has that ever blown you away? That God actually wants you to have good success. Now, the fact that it says good success implies that perhaps there's something that's not good success. And I think a lot of the things that the world tells us, the accolades of the world, the affirmations of the world, we think, you know, how much we accumulate or how much we acquire or how much we amass, you know, that, that somehow is good success. That, that may or may not be a sign of success. But knowing who you are in Christ, fulfilling your God-given purpose and your God-given destiny, that that is good success. Understanding that your significance and your security and your identity can only ultimately be found in Christ. That is what's gonna give you eternal success. That is what's gonna give you eternal peace. That's what's gonna give you eternal hope. And the fact is that if you and I are gonna walk in biblical success and we want to be the men and women of God that walk in biblical success, then we're gonna to have to learn to be, to be energized by change. That's not easy for a lot of people. You see, Joshua couldn't just sit in the camp talking about Moses for the rest of his life, talking about the good old days. He, he couldn't just sit there and go, let's just make our camp here and talk about, man, did you see when Moses saw that Red Sea part? Did you see when Moses brought those tablets down and man, he got a little bit ticked off and he broke some of those the first time. I mean, we could have been talking about that, but he would not have fulfilled the will of God for his generation had he not been willing to embrace change. We, we're in an interesting time on the earth right now. I, I say the spiritual tectonic plates have shifted. The Lord says, behold, I do a new thing. It's a new day. Sitting around talking about what has gone before, bad and good. I was with a couple of my team members and we were listening to a podcast as we were preparing for this show. And one of my team just goes, you know, it's so amazing that they're just sitting there on this podcast talking about this other podcast that was talking about this other thing that actually finished nine or 10 years ago. And imagine spending your whole life going through multiple different mediums, talking about something that doesn't even exist anymore. And that would suggest an absence of having anything to live for in the present and in the future. You see, Joshua had to decide that he had to embrace the new season. He had to change to step into his new role as the leader. He had to be prepared to leave old methods behind, to leave basically old systems behind. He had to learn to interact in new ways with the people. He was one of the people, now he was the leader of the people. 
You know, so many of us, we, we miss out on what God has for us and we miss out on the good success that God has for us because we're unwilling to embrace change. You know, the thing I've discovered, let me just say as a 55 year old woman, the thing about change guys, is that it's gonna happen with or without us. <laughs> our human nature, and especially the older you get, if you're not careful, our human nature, it resists change. And yet it's inevitable that it's gonna happen. And it's the only constant in life. You and I have to stay committed to growing, and to changing, I think all around us, we look and we see that technology changes. We, we see that fashion changes. Now, some of you need to realise that. You do need to realise that fashion has changed. We're not living back in the old days, we're living in now. You know, I love my daughters, they're like, mom, you're not wearing that. Mom, you're going to wear this. Oh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that my teenage daughters are saying, look, you're not gonna wear what was cool in the 1980s. See, they weren't. They can't even believe that anyone was on the earth in the 1980s. Do you remember we had Farrah Fawcett, permed hair and you know, taffeta. And my daughters are like, you're not wearing taffeta, mum, and you're not perming your hair. So that's just not cool. Fashion changes, society changes. So we, we must make sure that we're committed to growing and changing so that we don't become stagnant. All growing things change, all changing things grow. And things that change things are growing and changing. And so you and I, we're on a faith adventure with Jesus. Let's embrace that adventurous, all-filled, faith-filled life that He has for you. It's just time, time to step into the faith adventure. Embrace change, don't fear change. Step into change and move with God. You wanna be where God is. I wanna be going wherever God is. Even if it feels a little bit uncomfortable for me, even if it feels a little bit strange for me, I wanna be where God is. You know, the other thing I've observed about people who, who ended up leading successful and flourishing lives, and this is a big one, is they take 100% responsibility for their lives. You see, you cannot, have great success in life if you're gonna blame everybody else for your lot in life. And we can go all the way back to the book of Genesis in the scripture and see the origin of not taking personal responsibility. You know, right there in Genesis 3.12, when God questioned Adam about eating the fruit, Adam replied in Genesis 3.12, of course, I, I love this scripture. I've got to memorize what woman hasn't. Then the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. Did you see that? Actually, Adam in that one sentence blamed two people. He blamed God and the woman. The woman whom you gave to me. So, I mean, you've got to be pretty courageous if you are going to be blaming God. So saying, God, you gave me the woman and she. Then he blamed Eve for giving him the fruit. Now, what was funny was Eve also blamed the snake. And you know, you've heard the joke, the snake didn't have a leg to stand on. So the blame game started right there in the Garden of Eden. And that blame game, it continues to this very day. I know that we live in an incredibly unjust and unfair, broken and fallen world. I, I know it more than most. I, I do my best every single day to help fight against injustice as we help to rescue the victims of human trafficking through our work at A21. And I believe that all of us as Jesus followers need to fight against injustice and to see justice prevail. But we also need to realise that there will come a time 
when we each have to make a decision to take responsibility for our own lives and to stop waiting for all of the planets to align. Because guess what? This side of eternity, in every place, at all times, the planets are not going to always align. There's always going to be a fallen world full of injustice and pain and suffering. So Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 says, you're going to get to choose between life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life so that you and your descendants can live. You see, you and I, we cannot do anything about the past, but we can change the future. We have to choose that from this moment on, I'm personally responsible for my life and choices. I can't change what happened to me. But because of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ on the cross at Calvary, I can make what Jesus did for me bigger than what anyone else did to me. I can make what Jesus did for me at Calvary bigger than what anyone else said about me. I can choose to allow the redemptive work of Jesus to have the priority on my life. That doesn't make what happened to me right. That doesn't excuse it. That doesn't minimise it. That doesn't mean that there hasn't been trauma that has been incurred because of it. That doesn't mean that there's not things that I have to work through, but it does mean that I have hope of freedom. I can choose to love. I can choose to forgive. I can choose to be long-suffering. I can choose to be patient. I can choose to be kind. I can choose to be gentle. I can choose to exercise self-control in Christ. I have agency. Filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, I have agency and I can choose. I can't change what happened to me, but I can make choices through the power of the Holy Spirit to live my life in accordance with the Word of God. By the power of the Holy Spirit of God, I have control over my life. I don't have to follow the destructive patterns of behaviour of my family of origin. I don't have to believe the lies that ex-lovers or maybe teachers or, or former friends have spoken to me. I don't have to live according to the limitations that other people have placed on me. I, I can make new choices according to the Word of God. I can become who God created me to become. I can do what God has created me to do through the power of the Holy Spirit. Please do not underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit of God working in you and working through you. You don't have to get stuck in one moment of your past, nor do you have to be defined by what happened to you or what was said about you. You are who God says you are and you can do what God says you can do in Jesus' Name. There is no doubt that in order to fulfil the purposes of God, we must, each and every one of us, be willing to pay the price that it takes to fulfil the purpose of God. You know, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verse 28, we read, For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? You and I have to realise that behind every achievement, that there's a price that was paid. It involved, you know, a myriad of things. It could have been education or, or training or practice or discipline or, or sacrifice. You know, I, I once read in the USA Today that the average Olympian trains four hours a day, at least 310 days a year 
for six years before they succeed at the Olympics. That was minimum. Getting better begins by working out every day. By 7 a.m., this article said most athletes had done more than many people do all day. That just blew my mind. Given equal talent, the better trained athlete can generally outperform the one that didn't give a, a serious effort. And that person also is usually far more confident in the starting blocks. So in the four years before an Olympics, Greg Luganis probably practiced each one of his dives at least 3,000 times. Kim Zemkol has probably done every flip in her gymnastics routine at least 20,000 times. And this shows you that there's a price to pay to be successful in any trade, any craft or any profession. To follow Jesus faithfully and to fulfill our God-given purpose, we have to be willing to pay the price. I know in our culture, we're looking for easy ways. We're looking for shortcuts. We want the fastest way. I mean, we've grown up in a world of influences and overnight success. And what can I do to just get out there as quick as possible? But I'm here to tell you, there is no easy way. There are no shortcuts. There is a price that must be paid. But can I also tell you after over three decades of following Jesus, the, the price is so worth it. The price is so worth it and the reward is eternal. In Luke chapter 9, verses 57 to 62, Jesus is talking about the price and the, the cost of discipleship. And He says, No one, having put his hand to the plough and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. No one, no one. You see, it, it takes 100% commitment to follow Jesus faithfully. In order to make your way prosperous and have good success, you have to have no plan B. That's the greatest thing I can tell a generation. You've got to be all in. You see, a lot of us, man, we, we've got our options. It's because we, we sort of come from a, a, a Tinder culture or, a, you know, some sort of kind of like hookup culture. I need my options open, man. I need a lot of different choices for tonight. I don't want to make a decision too soon. It doesn't go like that with Jesus. You've got to be all in. See, Joshua didn't have a backup plan. <laughs> he was all in to fulfil the purpose of God. You can't leave your options open and follow Jesus wholeheartedly. A lot of people want a Christianity of convenience and not a Christianity of conviction. We want serving God to fit in with our lifestyle, but Jesus just never gives us that option. Following Jesus is an all of life commitment. If we think 99.9% is good enough, I want you to think about these scenarios I'm going to mention and tell me if you hope that 99.9, let's go as far as 99.9% is good enough in these work situations. I'm personally really glad that we're invited to be all in when it comes to Jesus because listen, in so many areas of life, a 99% commitment would be, would be disastrous. Do you realise if we said 99% is okay, man, I'm okay, I'm in for 99%, there would be two unsafe landings at O'Hare International Airport every day. 
There would be 16,000 lost pieces of mail per hour. There would be 20,000 incorrectly filled in drug prescriptions every year. There would be 500 incorrect surgical procedures per week. There'd be 50 newborn babies dropped at birth by doctors every day. There would be 22,000 checks deducted from wrong accounts every hour. And our hearts would fail to beat 32,000 times each year. Kind of when you think about it like that, aren't you glad we go for 100%? If you and I are gonna live the abundant, flourishing, passionate, purpose-driven lives that we've been called to live as followers of Jesus, then we're gonna have to be 100% committed to following Jesus wholeheartedly. You know, the fact of the matter is there's gotta be no plan B. And in our world of options, in our world of plan Bs, Cs, Ds, Es, F, G, H, I, Jesus doesn't give us that option. He doesn't say me and a whole lot of other doors. He said, if any man, any man is gonna come up after me, he's gotta deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And you know, I wanna speak the words that God spoke to Joshua on this very significant day in Joshua chapter one. He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have great success. I I first read those words about three decades ago. It was so transformative for me, a, a girl that had been left in a hospital unnamed and unwanted, a girl that had been sexually abused for so many years, grew up marginalized because of my ethnicity and because of my gender, I had grown up to think that, well, this is just how life is. Girls like me never end up like anything. You know, I I guess that's just it. And, And really I thought like I had a sign on my head, there's something wrong with me. That's why I was abused. And you know, there's something wrong with me. That's why my biological mother didn't want me and didn't give me a name. And I was left in a hospital. There's something wrong with me. That's why all the Australian kids didn't like me because, you know, I was Greek and there's something wrong with me because I'm a girl and, you know, I'm not a boy. And all the boys, especially when I was growing up, got to have all the good fun. And, you know, what was the point? And so I just thought like so many of you think this is just life. And I guess I just got dealt the wrong deck of cards (laughs) and I can't do anything. And so many of us, even in the Christian faith, that's what we think. It's like, well, this is just how it is. But I'm here to tell you, that's not just how it is. In Christ, we have more agency than we think. In Christ, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, we have more choice and agency than we think. Our history does not need to define our destiny. We don't just have to submit and yield to cultural norms and this is just the way it is because this is the way everyone's done it. That if we build our life on the truth of this Word, if we meditate on this Word day and night, if we obey what is in this Word, then like Joshua, we can make our way prosperous and we can have good godly success. Our lives can flourish, whatever that means, wherever we are. It's all relative 
materially speaking, around the world. But when it comes to freedom, when it comes to purpose, when it comes to significance, when it comes to security, when it comes to knowing our identity in Christ, I want you to know you don't have to stay where you are. This book is a book of life. This is a book of purpose. This is a book of hope. When we find our story within the greatest story of God in this book, we understand that there are no accidents. No one is just like some sort of mistake that you and I are created in the image of God, that we were created by God for a relationship with God. It's Jesus that connects us to God. It's Jesus that connects us to the grace of God. And through Christ, you can do everything God's put you on the planet to do. You can be everything that God has called us to be, that if we meditate on this Word, if we obey this Word, then whatever our history has been, our destiny can change in and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can make our way prosperous and we can have great success according to the Word of God in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening today. We hope the message has encouraged you. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. For links and more, head to christinecane.com forward slash podcast. We hope to see you again next week right here for another episode of Equip and Empowered.